0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is September 22nd, 2022, and our first story Vanderbilt Medical Clinic shut down its website after Matt Walsh's expose goes viral. Sex change surgery for children is a losing political issue. It goes against the science, and it's going to backfire on Democrats and cost them the midterms, or at least be one factor costing them the midterms. The evidence? Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, winning in Virginia. In our next story, the North Dakota man who ran down and killed a teenager for being Republican is free on bail. Double standards, no no bounds. In our last story, California will allow human composition into soil. So uh, I don't know, soylent green. It's coming, I guess. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now let's get into that first story. Matt Walsh recently published an exposé on Vanderbilt University's medical clinic that was providing child sex change surgeries. Now, apparently, the university did not deny anything, simply saying that there are parents involved that are consenting to this. I certainly think the issue is particularly complicated. There are questions about the expertise of doctors and the right way to help children. But of course, it's a particularly contentious issue in this upcoming midterms. And I think it's fair to say The average person does not support irreversible, hormonal, medical or surgical intervention for children. And we are seeing this with Glenn Youngkin's victory in Virginia. When parents started getting wind of what was being taught to their children, and this was just ideology, they revolted. They ousted the Democrats, brought in a Republican who's now vowed to make changes. In response to Matt Walsh's expose on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt pulled the entire website down. Why? Why take the website down? Was the website susceptible to some kind of attack? It's just a digital website. The argument coming from the left is that they were exposed to threats of violence and extremism. No, no, no. Hold on, everybody. We don't want any of that stuff. We want to protect these kids. I do believe that there are many kids who are suffering from gender dysphoria who do need appropriate gender care. I don't think affirmation, as the left tries to describe it, is necessarily appropriate. I'm not the individual doctor for these children, but I do think there is a problem, as we've heard from many detransitioners, people who were told they were trans, received medical intervention, and then regretted it. There is a problem, according to them, with many of these kids being rushed into it, with universities and organizations seeking to make money off of it, and the lives of these children being forever harmed. Now we are dealing with the aftermath of this, but I think what you see, plain as day, the reason Vanderbilt took down their website, the reason why many other universities or medical clinics take down these videos is because they know when regular people find out, when your average person finds out they are giving prebubescent and pubescent children sex change surgeries, they have a very negative reaction. Now, of course, we don't want anybody to take things to the extreme with Boston Children's Hospital. There was a negative uh, reaction. Someone did call in a threat. I believe it was to the hospital itself, not to the police. And we don't want any of that. What we need is for more exposés, for more people to see exactly what's going on, to be told the bare facts and say, that's it. And have a nice day. Why? Because it appears that Democrats know This is an issue that is very, very bad for them. They are being backed into a corner, and the only thing they can do in the media is try and frame it as though unhinged fascists are coming for their children, when in reality, they're just calling out the practice. And of course, once regular people hear about the practice, they have a negative response. I often say this. If there's one thing that you can ask people— Because this is a big issue right now, especially with the amount of kids that are being offered up medical intervention. Ask your friends and your family with this election, how do you feel about child sex change surgery? Perhaps many of them support it. Well, okay. I'd be willing to bet many of them will say, That's not happening. Well, okay. Then why don't I show you exactly what's going on in Tennessee with Matt Walsh's expose so you can tell them, no, my friends, it is happening. Double mastectomies on young girls. Look at Jazz Jennings, a very prominent individual. Now, I have nothing but uh, I hope Jazz lives a long, healthy life. I have no issue with Jazz and um, seriously wish Jazz the best. I want these young people to be happy and to be safe. However, you can clearly look at a prominent television show depicting a minor who was given sex change intervention to know it quite literally is happening. Now, if you're a Democrat and you support it by all means, support the website. Ask them to keep it up so everyone can see it. And make sure you let all of your friends and family know that you agree with it. I happen to believe that with an issue like this in play, people are going to vote Republican because the Republicans are actually making moves to shut it down. Well, let's read the first story here from our good friends over at the Daily Beast. I'm kidding, by the way. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you would like to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members of the Tim... Uh, ex- exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, uncensored Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Plus, you'll be supporting all of the journalism that our staff produces. Now, this, all of this writing that we do in the news, and the fact-checking, NewsGuard certified, mind you is only supported by you as a member. If you think it's important that we report the news, we fact check, and we call out the lies, we need your support. Join us over at TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. I give you the story from the Daily Beast. Vanderbilt Medical Clinic shuts down its website after transphobic attacks. Okay. I want to show you the perspective of the Daily Beast, which is a leftist outlet, on what Matt Walsh has done, and then show you what's happening actually. An Nashville area hospital has shut down a webpage for its transgender care center after a right-wing commentator and podcaster attacked the clinic for providing gender-affirming care. Full stop! What does gender-affirming care mean? Let's break it down. Affirmation means in support of, to affirm, to confirm, to agree with. These are children who are going in and they're dysphoric, or confused, not every single person, every child who has come in experiencing what may be gender dysphoria actually has gender dysphoria, which is is why often the criterion needs to be or is rigorous. Some kids may be suffering from anxiety and want to fit in, and thus they just say what they hear around them. Doctors then try to figure out if this truly is gender dysphoria, and if it is and if it's not, there may be appropriate treatments. To say gender affirming care is to imply that it is always about making sure the child is correct. No, kids get things wrong. We need to help these kids, not just tell them that if they're look, if a kid comes to you and says they think they're a pirate, do you affirm it? Well, no, of course not. You say it's make believe if a child is suffering from from delusions or a mental ailment. Let's say that the the child is suffering from a very early onset schizophrenia. I have friends who've suffered through this as teenagers, and they say things like they're being watched, they're paranoid, that men are are, are trying to kidnap them and they're all around every corner. This is a common paranoid delusion. There's a paranoid delusion that people suffer from where they feel that everyone is spying on them and trying to kidnap them and experiment on them. I'm I'm not kidding. This is a legitimate recurring theme. I don't know why, but it's a specific uh, set of a paranoid delusion that people can experience. Now, if someone came to you and said, that guy, I saw him when I walked in. He's one of them. You'd say, no, he's not. I will not affirm that. We need to help you. Now, if there is a child who's suffering from a medical issue that turns out not to be gender dysphoria, wouldn't we want to make sure they get the appropriate care and they aren't just affirmed? That's a big risk here. But let's read more. Let's read more. On Tuesday's episode of the Matt Walsh show, Walsh claimed that Vanderbilt University Medical Center doctors drug and mutilate children, castrate and butcher them when they provide services to help children transition. In a string of tweets promoting the episode, Walsh screenshotted a segment of the hospital's trans clinic website that he claims offered chemical castration by offering services like gender-affirming hormone therapy and puberty blockers. In response, Vanderbilt took down the clinic's website. On Wednesday evening, Walsh tweeted that Vanderbilt responded to his accusations, quote, They do not specifically deny anything in my report. Their only defense for drugging and mutilating kids is that their parents allegedly consent to it. Some online critics claimed that Walsh's accusations were going to get people hurt or even killed. OK, that's absurd. Calling out something in the media, you can't be responsible for the violence that ensues from it. Even to that regard, with Joe Biden calling Republicans extremists and then a couple of weeks later, someone coming out and, and running over a kid. I don't blame Joe Biden for having an opinion. But if the left wants to come out and screams stochastic terrorism, anytime someone criticizes them, the same criticism can be applied to them, can it not? I don't agree with it, but I'm trying to shine a mirror on their hypocrisy. Here we go. From WPLN, Vanderbilt is the latest target in a far right campaign against transgender health clinics.
1: Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing and everyday goods are up, way up.
0: And the latest development is that Republicans are moving to strip Vanderbilt Vanderbilt Hospital of its child transgender surgeries. I can only tell you this. Why do I think this is backfiring and why will it hurt the Democrats? Because of Glenn Youngkin. The New York Post editorial board writes, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin delivers utter sanity in new school rules on trans kids. Let me tell you, my friends, I want to help children suffering from gender dysphoria I believe they actually do exist. I've heard from some uh, conservatives and uh, other personalities, they don't think these kids do exist. They think these kids are confused and being manipulated. I disagree. I think gender dysphoria is real. And I believe that there's a lot of issues like endocrine disruptors, hormonal disruptors, things like that, which may cause it. How do we help these kids? I certainly don't think what these universities are doing is helping them. In the end, these kids can suffer from permanent physical disabilities, bone density loss, the inability to experience, let's just call it adult sensation permanently and sterilization. I do not believe that is helping these kids. I believe these kids are suffering and there are issues that need to be worked out. In the end, however, Democrats, I believe, no, they're going to suffer very serious consequences because of this. Bill Maher recently came out on his show and said Democrats need to get away from the woke stuff, stop talking about pregnant men. From TennesseeLookout.com. Republican lawmakers plan to strip Vanderbilt Hospital of Child Trans Surgeries. Fueled by a Twitter report, Republican lawmakers are planning to pass legislation in 2023 to stop Vanderbilt University Medical Center from performing pediatric transgender surgeries. Meanwhile, Governor Bill Lee requested an investigation. And Attorney General Jonathan Scrumetti's office said he will use the full scope of his authority to make sure state law is being followed. House Speaker Cameron Sexton, R. Crossville, Said in a statement, he is looking into conflicting reports on the matter, but noted it is, quote, inappropriate for any minor to have any gender reassignment surgery or puberty blockers given to them. Quote, your biological sex at birth is your identity. There will be legislation filed this session by many members to protect Tennesseans from this barbaric practice. Outrage surfaced among some legislators after conservative blogger Matt Walsh posted video and reports Tuesday showing Vanderbilt officials discussing gender-affirming surgeries. Walsh, a political commentator, blogger, and podcaster for the conservative Daily Wire, engaged in similar social media accusations against Boston Children's Hospital last month. What followed there were threats of violence against staff and doctors, including a bomb threat that forced the evacuation of the hospital full stop. I do not believe there was an evacuation. I believe this is false. This is incorrect. I think there was a lockdown, but they did not evacuate. Further... After the threat came in, police didn't respond, I think, for about an hour. So many people assume that it was not credible to begin with. A statement released by Vanderbilt University Medical Center on Wednesday noted that the acclaimed teaching hospital is now the subject of social media posts and a video that misrepresent facts about the care the medical center provides to transgender patients. VUMC began its transgender health clinic because transgender individuals are a high-risk population for mental and physical health issues. And have been consistently underserved by the U.S. health, healthy system, health system. The statement noted the hospital provides care to all adolescents in compliance with state law and in line with professional proactive standards and guidance established by medical specialty societies, including requiring parental consent to treat minors for issues related to transgender care. Okay, it's simple then. It's simple. In Scandinavian countries like Sweden and Finland, they've discontinued this practice. Then Republicans, citing the science, should ban it if they see fit. And then these universities will not be in accordance with state law and it will be done with. Now, the strange thing is, when it comes to Democrats and Republicans in politics, is that Republicans are often advocating for things that will ultimately help Democrats. Now, hear me out. The Democrats are advocating for a position that ultimately will cost them the election. Well, simply put, if Republicans ban this stuff before an election, but they're not going to, they're going, they're moving forward in 2023, the Democrats won't have to campaign on it, I guess, or will they? In the end, this is a detriment, a detriment, a, an extreme detriment to Democrats. They say on web Wednesday, the websites for Vanderbilt Clinic for Transgender Health and Associated Pages were down. Walsh on Wednesday posted a series of videos on Twitter. He said were taken in 2018 and 2020 including one featuring Vanderbilt physician Dr. Shane Taylor calling gender transition surgery a big money maker some procedures which are covered by the Affordable Care Act could bring it up to $40,000 and others could cost $100,000 Taylor said in the video that's on video it was said so let democrats roll around in this Taylor does not refer to children in the video clip Walsh posted which did not appear to contain her full remarks. Either way. Another video Walsh posted includes a Vanderbilt plastic surgeon discussing guidelines doctors must follow before performing top surgeries or double mastectomies on trans patients. The requirements include a letter documenting persistent gender dysphoria from a licensed mental health provider and ensuring patients are capable of making fully informed decisions on their own. The physician said patients who are 16 or 17 years of age who have been on testosterone and have parental consent may also qualify. But Walsh inaccurately characterized the remarks to suggest that after children are drugged and sterilized, Vanderbilt surgeons will happily perform double mastectomies on adolescent girls. I'm sorry, what about that is inaccurate? Let me let me let me break that down. It may be loaded in your mind, but if you're saying that a sixteen to seventeen year old needs to already have been on testosterone, then they've been given drugs, correct? Uh, admittedly, Matt Walsh is a bit more bombastic in his approach. But yes, teenage girls are adolescents. That's what adolescent means. Adolescent doesn't mean ch- uh, it doesn't mean all children. It, adolescent means before the age of, of of eighteen, which can include sixteen to seventeen year olds. Walsh also posted an undated video of Dr. Ellen Clayton, a Vanderbilt professor of law, pediatrics, and health policy, noting that conscientious objections to gender affirming surgery is problematic. We'll take a look at this. The Christian Post. Conservatives angered by Fox News profile on trans identified child horrifying, evil and sick. Yeah, Fox News ran an LGBTQ plus pride month advocating for trans children. The reaction from the right was pronounced. They were furious. They slammed Fox News. I bring this up to bring you to the New York Post story about Glenn Youngkin. This story has only to do with the education of such matters. When conservatives are outraged over a video report from Fox News, how do you think they feel about surgeries? Very negatively. But when Glenn Youngkin wins an election in Virginia, which was which had swept with Democrats, what do you think this means for Democrats who embrace not just the education, but the surgeries? The New York Post editorial board states making good on his campaign promises. Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin, has overseen a new state guidance on how schools should handle trans issues, reversing some of the last governor governor's extreme policies. Schools can no longer keep kids choices secrets from their parents. Gone are rights to compete in sports as your ID, ID gender, as opposed to biological. Same for bathrooms, locker rooms and other such other such spaces. Father-daughter dances and the like are no longer verboten. Naturally, the Washington Post, New York Times, etc. frame this as rolling back trans students' rights, when in fact it's a rebalancing. It's a clear win for female students, athletes in particular, for parents, and for kids who don't actually suffer permanent gender dysphoria, but are just confused, which too often proves to be the case. Though the individual in question may not sort it all out, until they've had irreversible surgery. That's because there's an entire industry and an ideological cheering section actively pushing this as a best solution. Schools and parents need to treat all these kids with love and kindness, absolutely. And the new guidelines say so. They simply excise the heavy-handed idiocy that the old guidance imposed. Virginians elected Yunkin to start restoring sanity to their public schools. Good for him to be doing so. And now we have... From Matt Walsh, he says, Tennessee will become the first state in the country to make surgical and medical gender transitions for children illegal. We will pave the way. This is just the beginning. Marjorie Taylor Greene responds, Georgia next. The 118th Congress must pass the Protect Children's Innocent Act to make it a felony to perform gender affirming care, in quotes, on minors. If we don't, some states are going to do the opposite of Tennessee. And protect genital mutilation of kids before they are old enough to vote. If a person cannot consent, then they cannot consent. And children cannot consent. That's it. Now we have a question about parents. Fine. We do. There is a question about parents. Do they have the right to consent on behalf of their children? And the answer is yes. They do. They absolutely do. In Florida, we have questions about parental rights and education. And there were concerns about schools refusing to tell parents about the uh, anxiety or other sufferings of these children. A law was passed called the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which says that teachers can't withhold this information. The left called it don't say gay, which is weird because you also couldn't say straight, and argued that it would force teachers to out their students. What do you mean out the students? The, 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 The children are being raised and guarded by their parents. The parents have more of a right than the teachers. Well, there's a question here. Do the parents have a right to consent? Some argued that the schools shouldn't be giving sex ed to children without parental consent. What if the parents decide they should? The Bible, for instance, has some passages uh, that that are adult in nature. What if a parent says, no, I think the children should read the Bible? Well, it's up to the parents. What if there's a book on gender ideology? Well, then it's going to be up to the parents. And that means they may be left or right that I agree with. But when it comes to the issue of sex change surgeries, things get particularly interesting. How a parent takes care of their child is up to them. And I don't think. I don't think that other people should intervene on their behalf. There's a challenge here, logically and based on our principles. I understand the conservative position. They think parents are being misled or are just wrong. And I also think we have a risk here, too. But let's break this down because there are challenges. I believe there are many parents suffering from Munchausen syndrome by proxy. That is, parents who want attention, so they claim their children are suffering from some ailment or otherwise. Then they seek out surgeries on these kids and ruin their lives. That needs to be checked for. I think there is a challenge here. I personally don't believe that children should ever get a sex change operation or medication. However, I'm not the parent And sometimes there are issues of the government intervening or not intervening, and I don't know when the right place to intervene would be. All I can really say is I'd prefer the government not to be involved at all for the most part. But that means there's going to be parents going to doctors and doctors telling them to permanently sterilize their children. That's worrying to me. However, most of you know I come to a more libertarian position on many of these things, and I defer defer to the government not being involved to a certain degree. It's tough. It absolutely is. But I'm going to go with the parents on this one. Now, that being said, the science, I believe, is coming clear with Sweden, Finland, Denmark, other Scandinavian countries questioning this stuff. I think it's now high time we do intervene. My point is this. If the doctors are saying this is a legal procedure and we recommend it, how, how could the state intervene? That's my point. They intervene at the point of legislation. This is what I'm trying to say. At current, there isn't any. And if the parents are being given this advice, then they should follow it. Or or, or they they should do what they deem necessary. What should be done, in my opinion, is that the state should decide some things are beyond reproach. So let me make sure I'm making this clear. Right now, I think it's up to the parents. However, I think we should elect leaders who pass legislation making this illegal, not an option. I believe these doctors currently are wrong, but they are operating within the law. The law should be changed. Short of that, I don't think intervention before legislation is appropriate because I don't think the government should intervene on the personal opinions of where we are. We're following the science, though, so we got to move fast. I don't think this should be allowed to be continued. We used to allow lobotomies. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that anymore. I think what we're seeing now with sex changes for kids is going to backfire in the Democrats' faces. It's going to result in Republicans winning. And this one issue will result in Republicans getting through many other issues, notably issues of abortion, pro-life. We're going to see more of that. I would say right now what we need are for, is for these representatives, Marjorie Taylor Greene making note of this, at the federal level to say we will no longer permit this. Why? Because the science says so. Just take a look at our progressive friends across the pond over in Scandinavian countries. They're outright saying it. We should probably follow that, right? Right. CBN, Forbes yanks article about teen girl who detransitioned, claiming it violated editorial guidelines. How strange. Here's one of these stories that I think people need to hear. And when you do, you'll understand why the Democrats are looking to lose and they're being backed into a corner. And I'll stress this again, when you share this video, when people say to you, children aren't getting sex changes, refer them to Chloe Cole. At just 15 years old, Chloe Cole underwent a surgery that radically changed her life. She had a double mastectomy after taking puberty blockers, believing she was a transgender male born in the wrong body. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? Forbes initially published an article critical of the now 18-year-old Cole, who has spoken out about the dangers of body-altering surgeries for children and teenagers. The outlet has since removed the story, written by transgender writer Dawn Ennis from its website. Ennis, a male who identifies as female, originally wrote the piece for the LA, Los Angeles Blade, a pro-LGBT website. It was republished to Forbes on Sunday and immediately drew criticism for content many readers believe to be factually inaccurate. We removed the article because it violated our editorial guideline for publishing work that was published elsewhere. We only accept original content. One of the leading critics of the piece was Libs of TikTok, who quoted from the piece. But her campaign is based on lies. The fact-checking, fact-checking team at PolitiFact determined Rychik's viral claim was false. While there have been exceptions for some 15-, 16-, and 17-year-olds, most surgeons won't operate on anyone younger than 18. Quote, minors aren't getting gender affirming surgery except when they are Incredible journalism. That's right. Children are. Look at Jazz Jennings. And I mean this in no way disrespectful to the celebrity that is Jazz who has a TV show in any way. Just to point out, Jazz exists. Jazz is or was a transgender child and is now a transgender adult who received medical intervention to prevent puberty. It happened. Because of this, Jazz did not develop fully and that resulted in some complications. These are all facts. This stuff does happen. They're going to say Cole, for her part, has become an outspoken critic of early intervention in the lives of children who believe they are transgender, arguing these significant body altering treatments, procedures, and surgeries irreparably change a person's life. The Californian native, a target of those who support the trans movement, started to identify as trans at just 12 years old. By 13, she was taking prescribed puberty blockers, and testosterone supplements, and underwent a double mastectomy at 15. That is a child. Two years later, Cole realized she'd made a huge mistake. She regretted everything. Now 18 years old, she'd become a staunch supporter of the increasingly vocal detransitioners movement, a group of people who once identified as transgender, but have since realized it was not the cure all they hoped. And as claimed in the removed article, which still remains public on the Blade's website, that Cole is an outlier and argued most surgeons won't operate on anyone younger than 18. In mid-August, Boston's Children's Hospital faced criticism criticism for a since-deleted video in which medical personnel promoted what they referred to as gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls who identify as trans. They scrubbed the video. I'm sorry, the scrubbed video highlighted by Libs of TikTok was part of a larger series published by Boston Children's Hospital nearly a year ago. In one of the other videos, when does a child know they're trans. Dr. Jeremy Carswell, director of the Gender Multi-Specialty Service at BCH, claims children will often know that they're transgender from the moment that they have the ability to express themselves. I'm just going to say, in my opinion, and I'm not a doctor, just because a child plays with alternate toys or wears the other gender's clothing does not make them trans. And they've actually stated this. Many experts have come out and said, if a child plays with dolls or action figures, they may be trans. That's one of the signs. I humbly disagree. I do not believe in these sexist, misogynistic stereotypes. I believe that some men wear skirts. They're called kilts. But they look like it. I know they're different to a certain degree. But there are many men who dress in women's clothing who aren't trans and aren't even gay. Maybe they just like it. I don't know. Maybe for some of these older men, it's just a, a fetish or something, but they certainly wouldn't want surgery. For these children, they may just be exploring social norms, and that's totally okay. In fact, Med Walsh even said this before. I believe, I believe he said something like this. If his kid wants to play with dolls, he'd say, okay, you play with dolls, but you're a boy. You're allowed to play with dolls. You just do what you want. The funny thing is, I read once, I could be wrong, that pink used to be the boy's color. When children were born boys were given pink and girls were given blue. And at some point it just changed. I don't know, maybe it did. I have no idea. Do you know that uh, Republicans used to be blue and Democrats were red? And then it wasn't until I think the 80s that they started changing the colors and associating Republicans with red and Democrats with blue. It's funny how that works, doesn't it? Anyway, look, there are a lot of kids that are suffering and they're experiencing anxiety. And I think social media plays a large role in this. I've heard many stories about kids who are suffering from gender dysphoria, but it turns out they weren't it was social anxiety from peer pressure. And it manifested in an outward appearance of gender dysphoria. These kids were given appropriate therapy, treatment from a medical professional, and ultimately came to be better without the need of surgery. This is what they're doing in our more progressive neighboring, you know, friends, uh, our, our more progressive friends, countries, Scandinavia. They're giving them psychotherapy. And you know what appears to be working better. The problem right now is that you'll see these videos of people like Billboard Chris walking around saying, hey, I think this stuff is wrong. The far left extremists will scream in their face and yell at them, ignoring the science. I want these kids to be safe, happy. I want them to be better. I think some of these kids are genuinely dysphoric. There are many people on the right or who just oppose the left, oppose the wokeness, who don't think so. No, they're entitled to their opinions. But when Alex Jones comes out and says that atrazine, for instance, is an endocrine disruptor that was turning frogs into hermaphrodites, you have to wonder what endocrine disruptors will do to human beings, plastics, phthalates, PCBs, etc. I think that stuff in the womb is probably leading to this. So we we hear a lot about trans kids and we say there's a big explosion of trans kids. Bill Maher says either we're creating them uh, or we're, we're, you know, I, I forgot exactly what he said. Either it's a social pressure or it's something really happening. But why then only California? Why not Ohio? I will tell you. It could be social. I think a social component is, is yes, no matter what. Even if it really is true endocrine disruption, I believe social issues play a role. But look at it this way. A woman gets pregnant. She is drinking from plastic bottles nonstop. Those PCBs can affect the fetus. I've covered stories about how certain birth controls uh, masculinized female fetus brains. I believe we are going to be dealing with that and we need to make sure these people are getting appropriate treatment. My main point in all of this, I don't think irreversible surgery is the treatment because you're basically ending these children's, uh, these, these human beings ability to procreate and live full lives. They may suffer from gender dysphoria but maybe they just need social support. I don't have all the answers. What I can say is, we can see that something is truly happening. A lot of it is social, and this doesn't appear to be the, be the path, according to the science. These people are jumping the gun, and they're so angry at the right, they're failing to see that. I'll leave it there. The consequences come this November. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A man has admitted that he got in an SUV... And he ran down a teenager, crushing him, killing him. And he did it because he said the kid was part of a Republican extremist group. That man is now free on bond. Think about any other circumstance that we've seen in this country. And it's always the same story. Let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. He's uh, in his own neighborhood where his family lives. He has a uh, legal firearm. The city is being ransacked and burned down. Someone threatens to murder him several times, chases him, and only after someone fires a gun does Rittenhouse turn around, and only after this man reaches for the weapon and nearly grabs it, does Kyle fire upon him. He flees to the police. He's attacked. He went to jail for over two months. They did not let him out. He did eventually uh, post bond or bail or whatever and get out. Think about how the media maligned him, how they said that he crossed state lines with a weapon. No, that he wasn't even from there, that he was hunting down black people, that he was a white supremacist, all of the lies. And of course, it's not just him. Think about, you know, think, think about what happened in the summer of love in Minnesota. David Dorn, for instance, people who were killed and murdered, and we don't hear anything about these people. And then think about what happens with uh, Chauvin and other officers. Right now there's a big story where apparently one of the officers is going to be getting like three years in prison and he has to register as a predatory offender or something like that. And here we have a story where a man has confessed. He has outright stated that he did this over politics. Terrorism. Free on bond. Like that. A couple days later. Yeah. So when people say there's not going to be a civil war, it might de-escalate. I think I think you're wrong. I think you are in it. People are killing other people. And it's clear that the legal system is only flowing in one direction, as it's been for some time. Antifa and BLM can go and destroy cities and Kamala Harris can bail them out, raise money from other people to do so. Joe Biden's staff can do the same thing. Yet Kyle Rittenhouse Acting independently in his own neighborhood, defending his his community, yeah, the media tries to destroy his life, and even now, I'm hearing reports. I I, I have I don't I don't know too, too much of the details, but he's being uh, he's facing civil lawsuits. Yeah, from Fox News, North Dakota man free. The North Dakota man who allegedly admitted to fatally striking a teenage pedestrian with his car because the pair had a political argument was released from jail on Tuesday, after posting fifty thousand dollars bond. Shannon Brandt, 41, spent just days in Stutzman County Jail on criminal charges related to the death of 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson before he posted his $50,000 bond and was released. Brandt, a Glenfield resident, was arrested in the early morning hours of Sunday after he told the state first responders radio that he struck the pedestrian because the pedestrian was threatening him, according to a probable cause affidavit provided to a Fox News digital er on Wednesday morning. Brandt stated the pedestrian called some people and Brandt uh, was afraid they were coming to get him. Brandt admitted to state radio that he hit the pedestrian and the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. Oh, he was being threatened, which justifies why he got into an SUV and chased the kid down. The kid called his mom saying this guy was threatening him and then he killed him in a vehicle. Okay. North Dakota Highway Patrol on Sunday reported that there was a street dance on Jones Street near Honnock Street in McHenry when Brant struck Ellingson and then fled the scene. Interesting. Ellingson was rushed to a local hospital with serious injuries but could not be saved. Brant's and Ellingson's families both showed up at the scene shortly after police arrived. He or they were chasing him. Here's what the uh, probable cause affidavit says. On September 18th, I blank redacted was contacted by redacted looks like it says sergeant something and requested to respond to northern Foster County for a fatality hit and run accident I responded from my resident north of Jamestown according to state radio logs the reporting party identified as Shannon Brandt stated that he struck the pedestrian because the pedestrian was threatening him well that is some clarification it wasn't it wasn't initially as it was reported that because he was just a Republican Brandt stated that the pedestrian called some people And Brandt was afraid they were coming to get him. Brandt admitted to state radio that he hit the pedestrian and that the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. Once on scene, I met with Redacted and was shown the area of the incident. Limited evidence was observed in the nighttime. A first responder who was first on scene was interviewed and shown where the male pedestrian's body was approximately located. The responder identified as Redacted stated the family of the pedestrian showed up along with the family of Brandt shortly after his arrival. I declare under penalty of perjury under North Dakota law. The foregoing is true. Uh, the, the, the foregoing is true and correct. Just a couple weeks after Joe Biden said these people are a threat, a paranoid and psychotic man fears an 18 year old kid and claims he's being threatened, gets in his vehicle, runs him down. Now, the thing is, this kid apparently called his mom and said this dude was threatening him. Or coming after him or something like that. And he needed to be picked up. Doesn't sound like this guy's story makes a whole lot of sense. Sounds like he's paranoid. And he heard Joe Biden saying the MAGA Republicans. And he's like, oh, there's MAGA children. Dangerous psychopaths. And he's free. Walking around. Capable of doing it again in a paranoid, delusional state. This guy should have been remanded. You know, this idea. He was being threatened. You're in a car, dude. You're in an SUV. And there's a bunch of kids. Leave. Chasing them down and ramming them in an alley? No, no, no. Hold on. I don't know the full details. I don't know exactly what happened. We've seen stories like in Provo, Utah, where a guy's driving down the street and some, um, some Antifa guy shoots him, runs up to the window and shoots him. We've seen, we've seen similar stories. And it's hard to know exactly what went down. But I think so far what we know, this guy, regardless, should not be out publicly on bail. Ellingson's parents later told police they knew Brandt, but they did not believe their son did. Ellingson's mother described how she was on her way to pick up her son from McHenry when he called her and said that he or they were chasing him. She could no longer reach him after that. So this guy was being threatened, but he was chasing this kid. He's lying. Investigators later tracked Brandt to his Glenfield home where they stopped him outside the house and he began talking. He admitted to consuming alcohol. So he was driving drunk driving drunk, chased down some kid, killed him. Now, hold on. Maybe the kid was just saying he's chasing me. Who knows the details? Here's what we can't say. A man in a vehicle said he was threatened. He was drinking. He crushed a kid. Here's what we have from the uh, police probable cause affidavit. Redacted responded to Brandt's parents' house in rural McHenry and then to Brandt's house in Glenfield. There, Brandt was interviewed by Sergeant Redacted, outside his residence and admitted to consuming alcohol prior to the incident. Brandt admitted to striking the pedestrian with his car because he had a political argument with the pedestrian and believed the pedestrian was calling people to come get him. Brandt admitted to leaving the scene, the scene of the incident, and returning shortly after where he called 911. Brandt did not remain on scene till law enforcement arrived and ultimately returned to his residence. Brandt was placed under arrest for DUI, redacted and, uh, wow, redacted, and trans so there's another another charge that we're not seeing, and transported to Stutzman County Jail. Brandt was advised of his Miranda rights and the implied consent advisory. Brandt consented to a chemical breath test. The results of the chemical breath test were above the legal limit of 0.08. He was drunk, delusional, chased down a kid, and killed him. And this guy, released on bail, the judge said fifty thousand dollars. This guy is—he's is, is, probably a blue and non-psychopath cultist, one of these people who's sitting there watching CNN, shaking and going, ah! and he killed a kid. He killed a kid, teenager, young man. Fine, either way, it's crazy. Brant was ultimately charged with criminal vehicular homicide and leaving the scene of a crash involving a death. Jail records show Brant was charged with driving under the influence. Though a criminal complaint did not include the charge. They say the report's headline was updated to clarify that Brandt allegedly admitted to striking the teenager, not killing him. Well, I suppose that's important, but it did kill him. So if he admitted to striking the teen, what? The kid then got up, slipped, fell, hit his head, and then died? Sorry. This is the crazy thing here from the Post Millennial. North Dakota man who intentionally killed conservative failed to render aid and fled scene. Now you want to argue, I suppose... That uh, allegedly he did these things fine. Innocent until proven guilty. Just because the police are saying he did it. I'd like to to see how the court case is resolved. But if the man really did admit to hitting the teen with an SUV, then I believe he admitted to intentionally killing the teenager. Early Sunday morning, Shannon Brandt allegedly ran over 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson. Now, the revelation here, which was mentioned in Fox News... Let me let me read a little bit, a little, a little bit more here. Mia Cathell says, an affidavit says Brandt fatally struck the teen over a political argument. I've, uh, Mia Cathell says, I've obtained a search warrant and criminal complaint that says Brandt failed to render aid to the dying teen who was found slain in an alleyway, fled the fatal hit and run crime and returned to his residence in a different city where he was later arrested. So this may be slightly incorrect. The teen apparently had very serious injuries, was dying and was left to die. This is, this is important. He died apparently at the hospital. They could not save him. This is important because it's possible that had this guy rendered aid, this 18-year-old may have actually lived. This is the world that we live in right now. And I don't know what to tell you. They're trying to take away your right to defend yourself. Antifa and, a Bla- and Black Lives Matter ran up and shot a guy in Provo, Utah. They dozens died in the, in the Summer of Love riots, the George Floyd riots. And this is where we are now. Only a couple weeks after Joe Biden's unhinged rant, screaming of the threat of Trump supporters. He tried walking it back, but we know what he was talking about. This happens. I want to show you the inversion here. Matt Walsh. He he responds to a guy named Zach Hunt. Let's see, who is this Zach guy? Zach is just uh, a verified Twitter guy. He says. Hey, FBI and the Justice Department and Minneapolis, uh, or not, it's, it's MN, it's M- Metro Nashville Police Department, so I, I assumed MN was Minnesota. MNPD Nashville, Matt Walsh is targeting Vanderbilt Hospital the same way he targeted Boston's Children's Hospital. Please intervene before another one of his followers starts calling in bomb threats or worse. Matt Walsh says leftists are trying to get me arrested or for factual reporting on Vanderbilt's transgender clinic. Here's another one from Matt Walsh. Alejandra... Caraballo, Caraballo, Vanderbilt Medical Center has had to shift medical appointments for its trans clinic to virtual telehealth appointments as a result of threats being made. Matt Walsh is inciting a terror campaign against a hospital and disrupting care. He will get people hurt or killed. Matt says, I'm reporting on what the hospital is doing and providing extensive documentation and video evidence. You are desperate to shut down any conversation about the drugging and mutilation of children because you know you cannot defend it. This is their only tactic. We shed a light on their own behavior, and they cry incitement. It's pathetic, gutless, dishonest ploy, and it won't work. Now, here's, here's the point. Different stories. When Matt Walsh does reporting as a commentator and pundit and journalist, they call the police. They scream for the police. They claim he's inciting violence. On the right, where's uh, what's being done? What's being done about this man who literally just killed a teenager and admitted it was terrorism?
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Crickets? Hmm. Nothing, I guess. Our good friend Jack Posobiec has this uh, tweet. He says, here is the Republican, in quotes, AG of North Dakota's first comment on the murder of Kaler Ellingson. He said, first, good morning. Second, bail is set by judges, not prosecutors. Darg Ismaga responds, and what is your recommendation for bail? And he says, state's attorney is the prosecutor. It's absolutely quite incredible. The attorney general of North Dakota has a lot of powers, and he can do a lot of things. He's the attorney general. He can go after this guy. He can do a lot. Look at what Merrick Garland is doing at the federal level. It's amazing. And this is it. He can't do anything, can he? Okay, how about this? New York AG Letitia James announces lawsuit of Donald Trump, his company, and his family members over fraud claims. You mean after several years of of criminal accusations leaked to the press, the best they could muster up was a civil lawsuit because Trump's company did not do anything wrong, or at least the Trump family didn't. That's all they could muster. I don't care about this story right now. My point is, the AG of New York is bringing down the iron fist on Donald Trump by any means necessary. A civil lawsuit over fraud claims, the best they could muster, but it's something they could. Meanwhile, the AG, the Republican, Drew H. Wrigley, is just like, it's the prosecutor and the judge. Don't look at me. Yeah, Republicans are useless and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. So what? I see these memes. They're really funny. It's like, you know, Republican, the RNC is asking for donations and it's like, why would I give the RNC any money? I'm not. You get nothing. I'm not giving you money. Sorry. Trump's people, maybe. I don't trust Trump all that much, to be completely honest. He raised a bunch of money off that stop the steal stuff that I think is just absurd. Uh, I think there are uh, reforms we can enact. If there was like a voter integrity thing, I'd be fine with that. But I don't don't necessarily trust Trump either, but I would donate directly to people I think are fighting and doing a good job. Rand Paul, I think, does a great job. There's many MAGA Republicans who I think are doing a good job. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing a good job. I think many uh, many of these MAGA Republicans are fighting back. And this is why they lose their minds. The tactics used by the left, literally to murder children. Okay, he was 18. He's a young man. I'll slow down. Literally to murder teenagers. In this case, a teenager police, to beat them, to attack them, to defend it, to fundraise on behalf of it, to ignore the problems and the threats, and then use the media to keep everyone silent. What do the Republicans do? Well, I'm going to have a humble argument with you about this. I'm sick of people like Drew Wrigley. I get it. The prosecutor is the one who has to prosecute here, but he's the AG. There's There's a ton of things he could do. But more importantly, if the left is willing to use the attorneys general in various jurisdictions to bring an iron fist down on their opponents and it's unethical or wrong, well, then we're done. I had Rick Santorum on Tim Castile. Maybe you saw it. And uh, respect, you know, uh, I appreciate the guy coming on and, have, and voicing his opinion. I humbly disagree. He said, we can't play the same game. We have to play by the rules. We, we, they're, they're, they're. Let me explain something to you. We're all playing a game of Monopoly right now. We're playing a good old game of Monopoly. You roll the die, boom. You land on Baltic Avenue or whatever. Hey, there you go. I'll buy it. And as you're going around the chessboard and playing by the rules, we are watching the left just grab $500 bills out of the bank. And you're like, "You you can't do that. It's cheating. And you're like, do you want to keep playing or not? And we're like, I guess that's what they're doing. And I mean, to be honest, quite literally, like the Federal Reserve and the printing of money, They're going around they they land on the go to jail, you know, go directly to jail. And then they're like, no. And you're like, but you landed on Don't care. Do you want to keep playing? It's like, fine, I guess. Then you land on like Broadway and you're like, I'm going to buy it. And they go, actually go to jail. What? And they pick your piece up and they put it in the jail. And you're like, but I'm not in jail. And they're like, you are. Do you want to keep playing? Yeah, okay, I guess. That's what it feels like all day, every day. And then people say, why are you sitting here letting them do that? Why are you letting them put you in jail when your guy didn't even land on the, on the, on the go-to-jail thing and their guy did, and you won't even put that? Well, I don't know, because they're the one who set the board up. They're the banker. They can just do it. You know, maybe stop playing. Maybe put their piece in jail. That's the game. The game is the left will cheat and the right won't. There you go. And You lose. Because they're literally, this, this guy, he killed a kid, okay? You know, a figurative kid, teenager, a young man. He killed him, and he's free. He's walking around. No press coverage, no big media storm. This should be national news. The terroristic murdering of a Republican child. Okay, okay, I know, I know. I keep saying it. A Republican teenager. The terroristic murder. Nothing. Where's the Republican leaders? Look, where is even any of these federal level politicians to come out and say, this is Joe Biden? There should be wall to wall outrage from every single Republican. A teenager who supports you was murdered. There should be bills being introduced called the Kaler Ellingson Act. There should be uh, inquiries and and, uh, there should be. I mean, Joe Biden should be impeached for this. There should be articles of impeachment introduced right now because the words of Joe Biden himself has resulted in this. Don't tell me it's a coincidence that two weeks after Joe Biden says MAGA Republicans are extremists, that a guy says he's a Republican extremist and then runs him down and flees the scene. Even the Republicans we like, where y'all at? I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start texting people. I'm going to start texting people being like, what's going on? I'm going to start tweeting about it. I'm going to start tweeting at people. Jack, come back on the show. Let's talk about it. Let's let's sit here and and, and call out as many Republicans as possible and say, why aren't you holding a press conference right now and demanding a federal investigation into what this guy did? Why aren't you calling out Joe Biden and demanding an apology? They do it. The left will do it. They'll blame Donald Trump for farting Trump will fart and then they'll say that he's he's coming after fast food restaurant workers or some other nonsense. They'll just make it up as they go. Yeah, well, there you go. This is worrying stuff, man. It's scary stuff. It's maddening. It's sad. Matt Walsh is reporting on Vanderbilt is uh, it's good stuff. It's good work. And so they're screaming that he's inciting violence. They want him arrested. They would wield the power of the FBI against a man for tweeting. And we can't even get one person to call on any kind of action against this guy who ran down a kid? It's amazing, isn't it? Yo, know, the media will scream and scream and scream about Donald Trump, even after Donald Trump is, is long out of office. And we can't get anything about what just happened. He's free. He's free to go. Free to go. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, we get it. This, there's going to be more of it. And unless the Republicans in, in, in North Dakota and at the federal level are willing to actually do their jobs and push back, then it's going to get worse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Over the past few years, I have reported uh, consistently on stories and opined on stories about pending food shortages. That's right from chicken shortages to the rising cost of mayonnaise, I have told you, faithful viewer, many times, that we may be facing food shortages and inflation that could put us at risk. I must apologize and issue a correction and retraction. I now believe we will not be facing a food shortage thanks to our good friends over in California. Decomposing human remains can legally be used as compost From 2027, thanks to new California law aimed at tackling climate change. Oh, I was worried for a minute. I was like, how are we going to grow crops? How are we going to get food? Now we got it all figured out in California. You just take a human body, decompose it and use that as soil. Uh huh. Yes. Right. Are you excited? Uh, How do you feel now? Are you more worried about the food supply or less? You're going to have food, my friend. Don't worry. It's just made from composted people. Well, of course, the plants grew from the corpses. Okay, okay. Let me calm down a little bit. I still think food shortages are coming. We have numerous stories saying as such. And now we're getting these alarming uh, profit reports where they're saying that next year, the forecast for, for corporations is dropping dramatically. A major global recession is coming. The, uh, one of the top executives at FedEx said something like that would be happening. So maybe it's going to get bad. I'm not entirely sure. I do think it will, will be bad. But of course, I always say I'm not, sure, I'm not a psychic. And then everyone's going to come out and be like, Tim Pool predicted and he was wrong. It's like, no, no, no. Look, the stories that are coming out predict that it's going to get worse. Conveniently, there's a story about us using human compost. So. I don't know if there will be a food shortage, but it looks like there will be. And if there isn't, I'm not sure how I will feel about the food that I'm eating in the first place. I'm going to be checking the ingredients for cricket, and I'm going to be checking the ingredients for, well, actually, they wouldn't tell you. You are not going to know if you're eating human compost corn. You see, that's what Soylent Green got wrong. Soylent Green is people, they say. I believe it was at the end of the film. But what they get wrong is they're not going to feed you the people. They're going to feed the people to the pigs and then feed the pigs to you. They're going to filter the human through some kind of vehicle. Either because the corn will grow from your corpse and then we'll eat the corn. Or a pig will eat it and then we'll eat the pig. Or a cow will be for I don't think cow can eat human anyway, but I think pigs can. Then you'll eat the bacon. And you'll be like, this bacon sure does taste good. I wonder why. Only the finest human-fed pork. I like my, uh... I like my beef grass-fed. So, you know, it is what it is. All right, here's the story from the Daily Mail. Decomposing human remains can legally be used as compost. <laughs>
1: All
0: right, how about this? Before we get started, my friends, head over to safeandreadymeals.com. You can get a one-month, 30-day emergency food kit. It lasts up to 25 years for 229 bucks. You save 60 bucks. Let me tell you, my friends. You can also get, I think they might have a bigger one. No, the, the Safe and Ready Meals is just in the one month. With inflation, here's, here's what I'm saying. When I bought my emergency food, it was a bit cheaper than this. And I don't blame them for prices going up. It's not their fault. We can blame Joe Biden for a variety of reasons. I do think Putin takes some of the blame on this one. Absolutely. War in Ukraine is disrupting global food supplies. And there's a lot that's happening that's hurting us. I, I think I'm going to throw it to the commander in chief and, and, and Congress. The government is being mismanaged. But suffice to say, it's a good idea to have this stuff. You buy it now for 229. What happens in a year when inflation is 10%? Maybe more. Maybe it's 20. In Germany, it was 45. Then they're going to be going for 300 bucks or maybe two, 260. You get it now. It lasts for 25 years. It's cheaper. What is this? It's a big bucket. You pop it open. Congratulations. You got a bucket. Now, inside that bucket, you got little packages of freeze-dried food. Actually, I don't know if it's freeze-dried, but it's, a, it's packaged food that lasts for 25 years, you mix it in with some water, you heat it up, boom, you got mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, you got stew, you got pancake mix. We actually eat these uh, every so often. And I'll, just, I'll just say this, safeandreadymeals.com, you've got two potential worst case scenarios, I guess. Worst case scenario, apocalypse happens, a disaster happens, a flood happens, a war happens, you've got food. So that's actually a good thing. But then let's say nothing happens. Let's say you were wrong and you bought this food and then nothing happened and you didn't end up needing it. Congratulations, you can eat it. It's food. It's a win-win. Because now, let's go to the main story. California will begin offering the option of human composting after death, thanks to a bill recently signed into law that aims to tackle climate change. Human composting, also known as natural organic reduction, would be an option for residents who don't want to be buried or cremated upon their death starting in 2027. The process involves placing the body inside a long, reusable steel container, along with wood chips and flowers to aerate it, allowing microbes and bacteria to, do, to break down the remains. Approximately one month later, the remains will fully decompose and be turned into soil. Advocates for the bill, which was signed into law by Governor Newsom on Sunday, said that the NOR is a more climate-friendly option. Okay, now no, hold on. I don't know what they're going to do with that soil. But heaven help us, it is soil, please. Are you going to put the soil in a coffin? I don't think so. I think it's soil. What are they going to do with it? They say cremation in the U.S. alone emits about 360,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide per year. Well, and to be fair, you burn your body up and we go into the atmosphere. I think we're less grossed out by that. The trees and the plants absorb it. Sure, sure. But it's not the same as like planting things in human soil or mixing human soil into other soil. The bill bans the combining of various people's remains unless they're related, but it does not make it illegal to sell the soil that results from the process or use it to grow food for human consumption. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Oh, it's happening, isn't it? I hope this is sensationalist nonsense. I hope we don't go there. Just because it didn't make it illegal doesn't mean it's going to happen. But Murphy's Law, man, someone's going to be sitting on a big old pile of soil and be like, why not sell it? Welcome to the future, my friends. The future's gross. AB351 will provide an additional option for California residents that is more environmentally friendly and gives them another choice for burial. Okay, now I want to pause right there. Personally, I don't want to be embalmed or stuffed in a coffin. I don't even really want to be cremated. I want someone to just throw me in the trash, you know, like, uh, uh um, Danny DeVito's character. And so he said, he said, that's what you're going to do me do with me when I die. Just throw me in trash. Now, you can't do that legally. But the next best thing is Viking funeral. I would personally rather my body decompose and be reabsorbed into nature because we are nature as opposed to being locked in a box. That creeps me out. Put me on a little ship. Put some hay all over it. Kick me out into the ocean. Fire arrow. Let me go. I mean, I guess it's kind of cremation. But uh, if you could... I mean, just to uh, find a plot of land, no coffin, no embalming, just right there. I guess the reason you can't do it, though, is because it'll, it'll attract critters and there's a weird smell and stuff like that. But I'd rather decompose naturally than be locked in a box. That's for sure. The only thing I take issue with is I would prefer then that if that were to happen, no one would take that soil and grow plants over it. That's creepy, like in that movie, Secret Window. Quote, with climate change and sea level rise as very real threats to our environment, This is an alternative method of final disposition that won't contribute emissions into our atmosphere. I look forward to continuing my legacy to fight for clean air by using my reduced remains to plant a tree, she wrote, noting that she herself may choose the method when she passes away. I'm okay with a tree, but like not a fruit tree. I mean, it's just kind of, ugh. There's this thing that can turn you into mushrooms where they like wrap you up and then mushrooms start absorbing your body. And then there's also a thing where they can like make you a tree By putting, they wrap you up and then they put you in the ground and then they put like seeds over you or something and the tree starts absorbing you and then you become the tree or something like that, I guess. I also don't know how I feel about that. Quote, with cremation, instead of sitting with our person and saying goodbye, we are very divorced from the process. Truman said when a body is composted by his facility, the resulting soil is returned to the family to do it as they wish. Some customers have planted trees or flowers while others have spread it into the ocean. Okay, I'm okay with that. That's actually totally fine. My, my concern is people using it for food. Okay, and, and just because they didn't make it illegal, I mean, it's going to happen. I just want to make that clear. She added the process was developed. Oh, no. N-O-R is essentially the same process as a home gardening composting system. She added the process was developed for livestock, not humans. Oh, geez. These methods of disposable were used to lessen the possibility of disease being transmitted by the dead carcass. Using these same methods for the transformation of human remains can create an unfortunate spiritual, emotional, and psychological distancing from the deceased. Washington, Colorado, and Oregon have all legalized the process of composting human remains. However, Colorado does not allow the soil to be sold or used f- uh, to grow food for human consumption. But they'll allow the food to be grown for animal consumption, and then you can eat the animals. no, I know, I know, at a certain point, we are nature. If you die... And then your body rots, and then plants grow, and then something comes along and eats those plants. Okay, okay. It's not like you're eating human if you kill the deer and eat it, and the deer ate, a tree, ate leaves from a tree, and the tree was from a person. At a certain point, the cycle continues that I can get. I just don't like the idea of them taking the soil and then growing vegetables or something and being like, you wanna eat it. It's like, it's a little too close for comfort. They're gonna say, under a bill recently passed by New York State Legislature, other only cemeteries would be allowed to apply for a license to offer human composting. Yeah, what we should do is we should bury you with a tombstone, and that's the soil, and then we don't disturb it. Maybe in 100, 200 years, everything will get mixed up and you know eroded or whatever. We'll see. Yeah, man. See, here's the issue. While I have stated numerous times, just because they're going to allow uh, the composting, and just because they didn't make the use of soil for human consumption illegal— That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but hold on there a minute. World food shortage going from bad to worse, UN official says. Oh boy, I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you what could happen. There's a food shortage, a fertilizer shortage, and they're going to say, we need fertile soil. What do we do? And they're going to be like, well, y'all can starve to death or you can use the human soil. And people are going to be like, I'm hungry. I will eat tree bark. And then they will use it. Because as we know, Soylent Green is people. This is from August 23rd. It's from a month ago. Rising global food prices brought on by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and commodity shortages triggered by climate emergencies, blah, 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 blah. We get it. A food shortage is coming. It's the story that keeps getting from, going from bad to worse. UN World Food Program chief economist Arif Hussein told Yahoo Finance. When the World Food Program is setting records, that's not a good thing for the world, And we've been doing that since at least 2021. According to the World Food Program, 50 million people across 45 countries are already on the verge of famine. Another 345 million people are approaching starvation across more than 80 countries, Hussein said. A 25% increase from the start of the year. And it's particularly bad in Africa, in India, in parts of South America. Yikes, man. Now, I think we here in the United States, we're mostly okay. Mostly. Mostly. It's going to get bad for a lot of people. If you're working class, middle class, lower class, your prices are going to squeeze you dry. It'll be brutal. But it's going to be apocalyptic for people in Africa, North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa in the Middle East. It's going to be apocalyptic. They're going to mention that the war is exacerbating the crisis, blah, blah, blah. A shortage of fertilizer coming from Russia, one of the most important suppliers, has only added to the problems, driving import-dependent countries with higher costs and less food to eat. You could easily put about 50 million people to the consequence of war. Oh, man, look at this. Russia and Ukraine dominate grain trade. Look at that, Russia. What is that? They're doing like 200,000 or 20,000, 1,000. Wow. Metric tons. That's crazy. That is a lot. And, you know, it's not just that that they're not exporting grain. It's the fertilizer as well. There are a lot of countries that are not sustainable, and that's just the reality. The reality is that many of these countries import food because they can they can't produce enough. You know, that's not going to work in the long run. You can't do that. Russia can make more food than it needs. Okay, well then maybe Russia should have more kids and eat their own food. It's a problem when we have to use major massive vehicles chock-full of fossil fuels to transport grain from Russia to say, you know, the Pacific Islands or to Africa or whatever. Yo, know, that's crazy. And because of that, They're going to eat, they're going to have more kids, and it's going to make the problem worse. Sooner or later, this was bound to happen. Regions that can't produce enough food for their populations are unsustainable regions. So it's no surprise that we're seeing now in the U.S. these moves. Now, as they mentioned, several states already allow this. So uh, uh, yeah, I think it's coming. I don't know how, I don't know when, and maybe you'll never hear about it because they won't want you to know. Think about it this way. Do you know how hot dogs are made? Most people don't. What about chicken McNuggets from McDonald's? I love it. When I say McDonald's, people are like, it's McDonald's, Tim. Like, as if I don't know that. Yes, I know. I call it McDonald's because it's funny. So anyway, there was that whole controversy around pink slime, where it's like, I think it was the nuggets. They like pull a lever and like pink slime comes out and then they just mash it into shapes with the machine and then it fries them and like, that's your chicken. And then people are like, I don't want to eat pink slime. Yes, you do. Chicken McNuggets tastes great. Actually, no, I'm not a big fan, to be completely honest. I would go for boneless wings, real real cut breast meat. And, and maybe, you know, I prefer traditional wings. I like the dark meat better. It's healthier, too. But once people figured out that, that what that pink slime was, they were like, Ugh, I don't want to eat this. Sooner or later, my friends, you're in for a world of fun. Sooner or later, that pink slime is going to be supplemented with crickets, and I'm not kidding. Crickets and roaches and whatever else. The pink slime, I mean, I'm surprised i are not doing it already. In fact, a good business person would be trying it. Because think about the cheap supplemental protein. Now, the chitin, I think it's called, is indigestible bug protein. So I don't know how that'll work for us. But if you mill, if you mill into a paste, the cricket, and then you mix it in with the pink slime, I'm willing to bet people wouldn't notice and they could still call it a chicken nugget because it's a McNugget, not a nugget. And a McNugget, well, that's a trademark term. If they added 10% cricket, basically cutting their chicken with cricket, who would really know? It's coming. I'm telling you this. We've already seen, I think it's up in Canada. They have like cheese puffs and the ingredient is cricket in the back. But how many people don't? They they walk in the store and they're like, "Oh, cheese puffs," and they grab it and then they're eating it and they're like, "Tastes fine to me." I'll be honest with you guys. If it tastes fine, I don't care. I'll eat cricket. I really don't care. But cricket doesn't taste good, at least raw. If I went to a store and they had like a bug burger, I'd be like, "I'll try it." You know, I'll I'll try. I'll try. You know. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Some things I'd just be like not interested. You know, some, like I wouldn't eat blowfish, pufferfish, or whatever, because they could be toxic. And it's like, it's not worth it. If it's got to be cut just right or whatever. I think that's true. I don't know. Fact check me on the blowfish thing. My point is like if someone said this burger is made from chicken and cricket, I'd be like, I'll taste it. You know, and if it tastes good, I'll eat it. I really don't care. This whole thing that people are scared of eating bugs is funny to me. It's like, bro, if you were living in the woods, you would eat every bug you found and you'd do it with a smile on your face. I am not above survival. Preference. Okay. If I have a choice, I got chickens. Chickens going to eat the bugs for me, not me. And then I'll eat the eggs, and I'll eat the chickens. That's the weirdest thing to me, that, like, they want you to eat bugs when you can filter the bugs through the chickens. The chickens then crap on the ground, which makes the ground more fertile, and then vegetables grow. It's like, it's perfect, man. It's 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 You could farm. You don't got to eat... Human soil vegetables, or whatever. I'll tell you how you do it. You plant the garden, you learn how to do the garden right, you grow, you grow your vegetables, and then here's the best part the chickens come in right before planting season and they till the soil for you. This is true. Yeah. So we had a garden. Here's what happens after we harvest all the vegetables and we're done and the growing season is over, we didn't preserve any. Actually, we did make jam. We preserved, we made preserves. That was really cool with the wine berries, but those are wild. The next, the next spring, we unleash the chickens and they rampage about the field, tearing it up because they scrape the ground looking for bugs. They eat the bugs, turn the bugs into eggs. I love the eggs. I eat the eggs. We've yet to eat the chickens because chickens are still too young. But soon we will be eating them as well, except for the original members of Chicken City. And then the dirt is all turned up and scratched out and you can start planting stuff. It's perfect. Why live this way? Like who wants to live this way? That to me is so weird. They're like, why don't you just eat the bugs? And it's like, no, thanks. I'll give the bugs to my chickens. They don't want you to have chickens. Isn't that weird? They don't want you to have cows. What do cows do? Cows eat grass. It's it's it. Now we had uh, Daniel Turner on. He's got a farm and he was like, grain fed beef grows way faster. Yeah, because grain is more easily digested and it's full of carbs and starches and stuff. Grass, they got to, they hack it up, chew the cud, swallow it, hack it up and things like that. But they just walk around eating the grass. They're like mowing the lawn. What's the problem? It's very, very weird. Now, I get it. People in big cities are crazy, in my opinion. If you went out and homesteaded by yourself, everything's way more sustainable, way less pollution. And the human homesteading and farming process actually creates a beautiful cycle of nature, which is better for the environment. So how about these city folk stop Being so dependent on these massive polluting systems, people get out of the cities, learn how to be responsible for themselves, so we don't got to worry about using humans to make our soil. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one. And uh, I'll tell you right now, my friends, maybe not right now, maybe not uh, for a while, but sooner or later, something like this is going to come sooner or later. You will go to Walmart, and you'll pick up bargain bin soil. And you'll be like, I wonder why it's so cheap. And then in the bottom, it'll say, with a little asterisk, soil from composted human remains. Or better yet, it won't. It'll be like in the fine print on the back, but you won't read it. And you'll come home, and you'll be pouring the soil out, and some teeth will fall out. And you'll be like, why are there human teeth in the soil? It's like, sometimes it slips through. Good luck. That's what I'm saying to people. Good luck. No, I mean it. I mean it seriously. To all of those legitimate preppers, they're laughing at me, saying this this city slicker comes out here and thinks he knows how to survive. Not really. I think I'd be in trouble too, but I think I'll do better than the city folk who are sitting there laughing at the prospect of buying emergency food. Like I don't need it. I can I can eat the air. Is <laughs> yeah? I don't I don't think they're actually, they actually actually think they can eat the air. They just think food will always be there. One of these days it won't be, and this is what you'll get to eat. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.